0: Welcome to Forensicator Podcast, episode number 102. I'm Patrick Seward. I'm the host of the Forensicator Podcast and the principal consultant at Pro Digital Forensic Consulting based in Virginia. We're available globally, and we assist uh, litigators and investigators and uh, even the government sector with digital forensic needs. the Forensicator Podcast, if you haven't before, is a community of digital forensic professionals and industry leaders. We try to have interesting interviews, news, and events and trends, and we're kind of m- merging a lot of those things together on episode number 102. Uh, we're very fortunate to have as our guest the President of Research and Development with DME Forensics based in uh, Manassas. Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Patrick. Glad to be here uh so uh, you are the president of research and development at DME forensics the flagship uh, product right now of DME forensics DVR examiner which is a it's a really useful tool I was fortunate enough to go up to uh, to Manassas and and have you demo it for it's, it's really a very impressive what you've been able to do with it um, and in the spirit of full disclosure uh, I, I Jimmy is, a, uh, is going to be in, at the HDCIA National Conference in Orlando uh, at the end of August, beginning of September. And I am also on the marketing team for, uh, for conference now. Also, full disclosure, I don't get paid for any of that, so it's not like uh, Jimmy and I are getting kickbacks from from HDCIA. In fact, <laughs> in fact, Jimmy, you're probably paying to be there. <laughs> uh, that that would be correct. <laughs> so uh, again, thanks for joining us. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background and how you became how you came to be a guru of DVR forensics.
1: Uh, well, I originally started in network administration uh, at an internet service provider and wanted to do something that involved law enforcement, uh, but I didn't really like the idea of getting shot at, so forensics seemed to be the uh, seemed to be a natural fit. So I was interested in computer forensics and had an opportunity to go to uh, the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation and work as a computer forensic technician. Um, originally, like I said, I wanted to do computer forensics, but when I got there, they said, hey, we need somebody to look at this audio and video stuff. So uh, I went down that training progression and uh, and spent five or six years doing audio and video forensics, but I always took kind of a data um, approach to uh, the images or the audio or whatever we were dealing with simply because um, it's just kind of where my background was from from the networking and the computer side. Um, but uh, once I was there uh, for about five or six years, I had an opportunity to go work for Target uh, Forensic Services in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, yeah, the same Target that you shop at regularly. Uh, they have their own Forensic Services uh, division that does pro bono work for law enforcement, uh, as well as their own cases for organized retail crime and, and things like that. Um, I mainly went there to be able to assist Law enforcement agencies outside of um, just the North Carolina area. Um, after spending about two years there uh, in the winters of uh, Minneapolis. I found out that it is actually as cold as they say um, and had an opportunity. I was invited to apply to the uh, uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, in the Forensic Audio, Video, and Image Analysis Unit at Quantico. Um, So I took that uh, opportunity to move back towards the East Coast and uh, and go work for the FBI and do video work there. Um, That's where I spent the vast majority of my time dealing with DVRs. um, And particularly when you work there, you deal with kind of the worst of the worst. Um, So I had plenty of opportunities to work on ones where uh, there was no recovering the data um, outside of a manual process. Uh, so it was a good experience, but uh, that's, you know, DVRs have always kind of been a passion of mine because it was kind of the merging of uh, the two things that uh, I loved you know, with computers and, uh, you know, video, which I learned to love uh, as, as I got into it.
0: So DVR Examiner is your flag for VR forensics. Uh, DVR Examiner came about in some of the challenges you faced with its development.
1: So uh, initially, when I started DME Forensics after leaving the FBI, we uh, were doing some casework uh, surrounding uh, recovery of video evidence from DVRs where, you know, the DVR had failed or it couldn't be recovered through traditional means. Um, and after doing a couple of those cases, it really became obvious that this was something that, uh, you know, we could develop a product around um, simply because we were starting to see some of the same patterns and, and how these things operate. And we we're putting the research into doing it for these cases. So we decided to, to take it to the next level and, and turn it into an actual software product. Um, probably the biggest couple challenges we had, um, well, from a development standpoint, is there's still a lot of DVRs. Um, and so having to deal with all of those and, and the nuances and the different ways they operate um, is obviously a challenge. If, if it was easy, then we wouldn't be the only ones really doing it. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, you know, I, I like a challenge. I'm a problem solver. Um, and so, it, you know, it's frustrating from time to time, but it's all it's all worth it in the end when you finally figure it out and, you, you know, you get the data or whatever you're looking for. Um, I think outside of just the technical challenges, uh, it's been an education battle. Um, we are the only ones really doing this type of work at this level. And, uh, you know, up until recently and with DVR Examiner, people have always just been taught, oh, well, you get the evidence from the DVR or you don't get it at all. Um, and it's much like the cell phone arena was five or seven years ago. Um, people were taking pictures of cell phone screens rather than actually connecting to a device or, or downloading actual data, um, natively and, we kind of had to face that same education battle of this, the landscape has changed um, and we've been pretty successful at it now. And people are really starting to understand that it, this stuff is possible, even though it wasn't possible five or seven years ago, um, it is possible now. And so just like you're not taking pictures of cell phone screens anymore, you're using all the way up to JTAG and chip off and things like that. Um, DVR hard drives by themselves aren't a lost cause anymore.
0: Yeah. I've always been really fascinated by people such as yourself who, who see a, a, a hole in the industry, something, you know, a gap that needs to be filled. And, you know, you, you use your, your skills and your training and your, 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 your know-how to, to fill that hole to, for the betterment of the community. So I, I really respect that. Um, so as, as the president of research and development uh, at DME, um, in, in, which is obviously an innovative tech startup company, what growing pains did you encounter when you, log- when you launched the company itself? Um, I think the biggest challenge for us in terms of a company was figuring
1: out how to charge, what to charge. Um, You know, it it was interesting because I've spent most of my entire career in government and I always got a paycheck every two weeks or every month or or however often. Uh, But when you work for yourself, uh, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen. So you have to charge something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always been willing to give my time, um, to people and, and help them learn and understand and how to do things on their own. Um, particularly in government, it was easy because it was just hours, right? I was always going to get paid at the end of the month. Um, now, um, I have to find and strike a balance between, uh, how much I can help, an individual, um, on a pro bono basis, uh, at the risk of, you know, taking time away from the company and, and, and not being able to move that forward. Um, and you know, the long-term risk of, of not Surviving if you if you don't pull in enough uh, money to keep the lights on. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was an interesting balance initially. I think we've struck a pretty good uh, balance of of charging for for what we do, but still giving back where we can and and helping people out. And uh, you know, people still come to us uh, and ask us questions, and we're always happy to answer emails and and phone calls and stuff like that. It's just a matter of how much time we can put into it uh, versus some of the paid things that we do. But I'd say other than that, um, just the business side. Is, a, is the challenge? Um, you know, I'm. I'm a programmer. I'm a uh, you know a forensic expert. Um, I am by no means a business expert, and so when you come and you, you start your own business, there's so many other uh, you know things that you are responsible for. Your your sales team and your when you start hiring people, your your own human resources department and your your own accountant and things like that. And uh, you know you have to learn that stuff, or you have to pay somebody to do it. And so uh, that's certainly a challenge uh, when you start up because you know back in the day of working for the government, you. You just did the casework, and that's
0: all you were responsible for, and um, it seemed like a much simpler time back then. <laughs> well, you know, and I it, I always thought that I had to juggle a lot of different, you know, I had a lot of different balls in the air with uh, with working for the government, but I, I tell you, I have a lot more balls in the air now that, that I'm, uh, you know, on my own doing this. It's it's definitely a, a challenge as far as time management. I can, I can attest to that. Yep. Um, So, you know, is there anything else that you wish that you would have done differently or any advice to pass on to other tech entrepreneurs?
1: Um, I don't know if it's something I would have done differently, um, but I can say that, uh, you know, We are involved in a lot of different areas, Um, not just technology. We also do training. We also do lab cases and consulting and all these different things. Um, And each one of those has their own little niches and avenues that we participate in. Um, And, you know, there's been times when I've thought that sometimes we try to do too much. Um, And so I, I guess my biggest piece of advice is that, you know, try to find things that you're really good at, one or two things, and specialize in those rather than trying to be so broad. Um, It's it's kind of worked for us just simply because we have this area with... DVRs, where there's really no one else out there doing it um, consistently, regularly like we are. Uh, so we kind of are responsible for teaching other people how to do it with training and doing the lab casework and doing the technology. Uh, but we're a five-person company now, uh, not initially, <laughs> uh, but we're a five-person company now and we have. four or five divisions so um that that you know you can do the math and it doesn't always add up but i guess you know for people starting out uh it might be smarter to just focus on one or two things that you can do really well and and do those well and grow um rather than trying to do so much all at once um you know just because it worked out for us uh doesn't necessarily mean it's the easiest route
0: yeah you know sometimes it's kind of a a challenge as far as self-control you know it's an interesting field it's it's a a cool thing to get into and and, you know, if you're interested in it like we are, uh, you know, you see all the cool new things that are out there and you're like, hey, I might want to get into that or get into that. And, and sometimes you yep. got to you know, simmer down a little bit and, and just concentrate <laughs> on what you do well and, and, and move on from there. Yep, I totally agree. So uh, in, in, your, in your working, in your development of DVR Examiner and working with it and putting it out there on the market, is there a certain case that stands out in your mind uh, to you as adding such great value to the forensic community?
1: Um, well, in terms of the, the original cases that stand out to me would be the ones that we worked that kind of pushed DVR Examiner uh, out for us in, in the sense that we, you know, if it wasn't for those initial cases that we were working, we, we may not have had, um, you know, the drive to do the product at all. So those those cases stick out to me as far as bringing value to the forensic community, but um, in terms of cases that were actually you know, processed by DVR examiner, I don't really want to get too much into um, details. I, obviously, I hear from from end users and things like that. I would say in in broad uh, terms, crimes against children cases. Um, I you know I always have a kind of a soft spot for for those, and I know we've had several cases where um, people have told us, yeah, they were able to use it to get video from a, a DVR that, uh, you know, was a child exploitation case or something like that. Um, those, uh, are good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that we're able to help out in those cases. Um, the others are the ones where, there is no other way to get the data back. Um, so it was an arson. Uh, the DVRs burned beyond recognition. You can't even go find another DVR because you don't know what it looks like. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, sometimes investigators make mistakes um, and, you know, the the patrolman may go out and, and just seize the hard drive because they're just, they don't know what to do with the box. So they just take the hard drive and then they bring it back to their forensic person and say, hey, I need you to do something with this. And then by the time the forensic person looks at it, uh, the DVR is gone now. The business shut down, the owner got rid of it because the hard drive was taken out of it or whatever the case is and there's been times when that's all they have is a hard drive. They don't even know where it came from
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and DVR examiner is able to, to detect it and, and be able to download the footage for them. So um, those cases where it's kind of a last resort, um, those are certainly,
0: uh, you know, uh, ones we like to hear about too. Yeah. I mean, it's always great to add value to the community and and to try to do something good. You know, even even working Private cases, like I do most of the time, you know, it's 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 good to, to be able to help somebody out, and 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 you know, if you're doing it for the betterment of, of society in general, you know, it's really great. Yep. So uh, transitioning to the HDCIA conference, uh, DME Forensics is a gold level sponsor at this year's conference in Orlando. Uh, so give us some highlights about your attendance at the conference and what attendees can look for from DME Forensics. Uh,
1: yeah. So we've got. Two lectures and one lab uh, scheduled, uh, so we'll be doing some teaching there. Wherever we go in terms of conferences, we try to, to teach uh, at the conferences as well because uh, you know we we still like to get out there and educate uh, and and not just you know doing booths and sales and stuff. And that that's great. We like talking with people there, um, but we also like to uh, to educate when we can. So we got two lectures. Uh, one's on Monday at 1:15 to 2:45. Um, it's going to be on CCTV recovery with DVR exam. Uh, so it'll be kind of a, a demo walkthrough of how DVR Examiner works and what you can expect from it. Um, you know, it won't be uh, it won't be hands-on. It'll be a lecture. But uh, if you want to get your hands on it, feel free to come by the booth. Uh, I'll give you the information on that in just a second. Um, then on Wednesday at 9:45 uh, to 11, we have a lecture on issues recovering CCTV data from digital video recorders. Uh, that is going to be you know, kind of all the problems that particularly computer forensic examiners face when they're dealing with DVRs, um, you know, trying clones and images and trying to carve and all the stuff that they kind of run into and, and how, um, you know, some tips and tricks for how to deal with that type of stuff if you are going to try to do stuff manually outside of like DVR examiner. Um, and then on Wednesday at 1 uh, for the rest of the afternoon, uh, we're actually going to have a hands-on lab where we're going to look at proprietary metadata um, and how it affects like carving and recovering data from DVRs. Um, so that I think that's a two-session lab. So I think it'll be run about three hours or so, uh, all told. But uh, you'll have a chance to uh, actually do some data carving and look at some metadata and things like that from uh, DVR data. Um, booth, oh sorry, uh, booth two hundred two. Uh, is where we'll be. We're right behind Celebrite and Nuix. Uh, So uh, come by the booth, check us out. Uh, You can put your hands on DVR Examiner, um, talk to us and tell us, you know, usually people walk up to our booth and say, "I, I, I had a DVR once and XYZ was the problem, and we love talking about that type of stuff because if you've experienced it, we probably have too, and, and vice versa. So um, it's always good to uh, to put some uh, faces to names of people we've maybe emailed with and
0: stuff. So certainly come by. That's great, and and just for reference purposes, you're talking about uh, Monday, August 31st, and Wednesday, September 2nd, at the HDCA uh, conference. Yes, sir. Uh, all right uh, so obviously you know we've talked a lot about DVR examiner and, and how how much of an extremely useful and innovative tool it is for the forensic community and, and uh, you know you no doubt filled a void uh, for investigators by by developing it and creating it and updating it uh, and, and keeping up with it um, so I'm just curious what's the next biggest thing from from DME forensics
1: well uh, we recently announced earlier this year that uh, Vehicle Examiner. Uh, it's a web based vehicle make model determination search engine. Uh, we are currently in beta with that product, uh, and uh, I'll give you some information on how to get connected if you uh, are interested in beta in just a moment. But essentially, it's for forensic professionals and investigators. Uh, it's a tool that allows them if they have a cell phone image or a CCTV image of a car, um, hopefully multiple images if they have a CCTV system, They can actually input some specialized characteristics like where the license plate is or where uh, the third brake light is, those types of things that are usually visible from a a decent shot uh, and narrow down what type of vehicle they're dealing with. Um, And we've kind of designed it with a forensic workflow in mind, but we've made it simple enough that you don't have to have a forensic background to be able to use it. So uh, even, you know, a patrolman that's never done forensics could actually take an image of a car and walk through and try to. Narrow down what it is to put out for like a bolo or something like that um, we have photos in there so uh, you'll be able to see um, known vehicles that you can compare to your vehicle uh, you can upload your own photos and uh, and do the comparisons in there um, right now we have 2005 to current uh, models, uh, U.S. sold models, uh, in there, and we're working on getting uh, down to uh, about 2,000 before general general release, uh, and then eventually we'll be all the way back to 1980. Um, you can actually get some more information on that at vehicleexaminer.com. Ah, uh, you can sign up for updates and we can contact you about the beta. Um, if you're interested in participating in that. it's it's really uh, something that people have been asking for a lot uh, because they're you know they have this picture of the car, but um, we see it all the time on email lists and stuff of, hey, what, what do you guys think this car is? And it's kind of all done by committee. And hopefully, this product will be something that people can use uh, to narrow it down themselves and and kind of follow a more forensic workflow to do that. Um, for us, it's kind of interesting because we took a product like DVR Examiner, which has hundreds of thousands of possible DVRs out there, and we decided to go with another huge product with all the different <laughs> types of vehicles out there. So I don't really know quite what we're thinking, but, uh, you know, like you said, we're just trying to do stuff that we feel like will be helpful to the community because it's stuff that we've wanted back when we were examiners, too.
0: Sure, yeah, and I, I have to say, you know, you demoed the uh, the vehicle examiner for me when I was up at your office last month, and, and I, I was – I was amazed and, and impressed at the fact that you have to manually input the characteristics of all these vehicles into the database. Uh, yep. because, I mean, it's just, you, you know, you, I guess I guess in, in 2015, you think there's going to be some automated process to do that. And, and when you told me that you're taking each vehicle and manually inputting all these characteristics, I was like, wow, that's an awful lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, but, you know, the nice thing about it is is that these, you actually have somebody like us looking at this stuff so um, there we put a lot of thought into it even going so far as to consider what people would consider a door you know you can do searches for five-door cars um, you know on Google for example but what counts as a door does a hatchback count as a door and we've built in all kinds of logic to kind of deal with that situation of what one person might consider as a door, another might not and things like that. So, um, you know, we, we certainly put a lot of effort into it, but we think people, um, are really going to like it. And so far the users that have uh, touched it so far have been really excited about it. And, um, we think it's going to be a a great uh, addition to the, to the DME forensics family.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an impressive tool just like DVR examiner. Um, So uh, again, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, I want to make sure to give DME Forensics a a decent plug. Uh, DME, David Michael Edward Forensics.com is the website. And uh, Jimmy Schuring, the uh, President of Research and Development at DME Forensics has been my guest. I really want to thank you, Jimmy, for joining us. you will be at the HTCIA conference this uh, end of August, beginning of September in Orlando, Florida. I encourage uh, everybody uh, who's either a member or not a member of HTCIA, all the, all the big players from forensics and uh, incident response and InfoSec are going to be at the conference. And that website is HTCIAconference.org. And you can go on there and register. There's, the program is, is, is growing uh, you know, by the day. Uh, and we're, we're constantly trying to push out updates for that as well. And, uh, you know, not to be outdone, I'll give my, my company a little plug, uh, pro digital forensics. Uh, it's uh, pro digital Four, the number four, the letter N is in Nancy and the number six.com. Uh, thanks again, Jimmy. I really appreciate your taking the time to uh, speak with us and, um, we'll look forward to see you at the HTCA conference later this year. Yeah. Thank you so much, Patrick,
1: for having me. I'm really happy to, uh, to have joined you and, uh, Thanks. We'll see. The, we'll see you at the conference.
0: Yes, sir. Well, friends, that does it for Forensicator Podcast number one zero two. Thanks again to Jimmy from DME Forensics. Please check them out. They got a great product, and it's a great company. And Jimmy, quite frankly, is a really great guy. Uh, thank you again for joining us. And until next time, keep searching.